Welcome back to another volume of Truly Disturbing Tales from Reddit. Today we're going to be narrating three new unsettling stories taken directly from the platform. I encourage you all to sit back, grab a snack, and enjoy these terrifying personal accounts. Now, without any further delay, let's jump right in. In 2007, when I was 12 years old, my family and I took a trip to Key Biscayne, Florida, with some of my cousins and family friends. Naturally, while at the resort, my cousins and I would spend time at the kids' club, where there were always a bunch of kids to hang out with, epic chicken fingers and ranch dressing, and fun games for us to play. There was the director of the kids' club who watched us and facilitated all of the activities there. His name was Dan. In retrospect, Dan was a major f***ing creep. He was around 40 years old, tall and skinny, and was badly balding. The worst part is that sometimes he had us call him Dan Dan the Animal Man. Side note, these sort of memories leave me in awe of just how naive and blinded to danger I was as a kid. If I ever met this guy now, I wouldn't want to get within five feet of him. Yet, there I was as a 12-year-old thinking he rocked. Time is a wonderful thing for these realizations. Anyhow, I digress. It was made clear to all of us that for unknown reasons, Dan was leaving the hotel in a week. None of this fazed me as a kid, but on our last day at the hotel, I lost my cell phone. It was a bright blue chocolate cell phone, if anyone's old enough to remember those. I quickly told my parents that I couldn't find my phone, and considering this was already the second phone that I would have lost that year, my mom yelled at me and told me that if I didn't find it, I'd be grounded once we got home. I hurriedly ran around the hotel looking for my phone, and along my way, I went into the kids' club to see if anyone had found it. The room itself, that was typically bustling with kids and activity, was eerily quiet and empty. But Dan was there, sitting on a couch, all by himself. Hey Dan, did you by any chance see my phone? I asked. Dan responded emphatically. Yeah, I found it and put it in the lost and found in the basement. Come with me. Thinking absolutely nothing of this, I mindlessly followed Dan as he led me around the back of the hotel. We walked for about three minutes and arrived at the foot of a stairwell leading into the basement. We were standing at the back of the hotel in a strange area and there was no one else in sight. It's down there? I asked, obviously confused. I was staring down a long flight of stairs leading into absolute darkness. The walls were made of unpainted concrete, and it looked like no more than a storage area, let alone a basement with a lost and found. Dan nodded and held the door open for me, motioning for me to head down the stairs first. Something in my 12-year-old self suddenly woke up. I'm not sure if it was instinct, fear, or just luck, but I immediately knew that I had to get the hell out of there. Before Dan could say or do anything, I blurted out, never mind, I think I left it with my mom, and darted away from the stairwell and back to the hotel lobby. I was so rattled because something about that situation didn't feel right. I knew somewhere in the back of my mind that Dan was going to hurt me, 
and as a kid who wore rose-colored glasses and was overly trusting of others. And this really meant something. I tried to compose myself and figured I'd investigate a bit more. I walked up to the concierge of the hotel and asked them where the lost and found was because I had lost my phone. The nice woman at the front desk told me that the lost and found was right there, at their desk. She then asked me what kind of phone I lost, and after I told her it was a blue chocolate flip phone, she smiled and pulled it out of the box under her desk. Here it is. Someone turned it in earlier. She handed me my phone. Wait, you're telling me the lost and found isn't in the basement? I stammered. No, sweetie. The hotel is under construction right now, and the basement is just being rebuilt. There's not even electricity down there. This scared the absolute shit out of me. And I couldn't shake the feeling that this man, Dan, was incredibly dangerous. At the time, I was sharing a hotel room with my cousin, and she was the only person I told. Considering that she was only eight at the time, I think I really freaked her out. I'm now 26, and I still think back to that moment and wonder what if. What would have happened if I went down in the basement with Dan Dan the Animal Man? It truly feels like one of the most critical junctures of my entire life, and I'm so very happy that I knew to get the hell out of there before it was too late. I recently contacted the hotel to inquire about a past kid club employee named Dan from 2007, just to see if he's still around or on some sort of list or possibly in jail. I told HR this whole story, but they still refused to give me any information about him. To be honest, they sounded a little sketchy about it as they did. I'll continue to do research, and if I ever find more information, I'll definitely add to this post. This story took place about 15 years ago, when I had just come home from college on winter break. Home this time was not the house that I grew up in. My parents had just recently moved away from our small city and out into the rural parts of our county, so it just didn't feel the same to be in a different space. Maybe that's what triggered my worry that night. In my family, I'm always the one thinking of worst-case scenarios, generally distrustful of others, and mostly seeming like the annoying worrywart. Call it what you will, but in certain situations, it's also the gift of fear. One cold night, my parents had gone to bed upstairs and our big dog had followed suit. I thought I'd watch TV in the living room for a bit before going to sleep myself, and I settled in on the couch. The living room was in the front of the house, and with the recent move, the shutters on the window weren't there at the time, only see-through curtains that weren't really drawn. I noted this, but was used to our old house, where the only ones who could see in were the neighbors that we knew so well. I'm watching TV for about half an hour, when the screen just cuts out. The entire TV goes snowy. Back then, my parents didn't spring for the extended cable package. You just watched whatever your local channels brought you. I looked up from whatever I was doing to distract myself at that moment. Texting, maybe. At first thinking, well... That sucks the TV went out. But even as I formulated that thought, something fell off. I tried the remote, but no other channels worked. And so I was just sitting there, 
thinking about what I should do instead. When all of a sudden, my cat jumps up onto the windowsill and starts wailing. Now, this may seem innocuous, but anyone who knew my cat knew that this was not par for the course. He was pacing and wailing at the window, and that's when a feeling of dread washed through me, and I found myself frozen on that couch. The feeling of dread is one that's so fiercely visceral that all I could do was think, what the hell is going on? What's out there? I try to settle myself down in this unfamiliar dark house, and by some stroke of luck, I was able to do just that. But then, there it was. I swear on all I have in this world that this cold waft of air blew right through the house, and that's when I heard the side door open. At this point, I didn't even realize that this house had a side door, but I heard it, and I felt that burst of air. I instantly became unfrozen, and that's when I bolted. I run upstairs to wake my parents and slumbering dog, and I frantically tell them that someone is trying to get in the house. They, I think, were a little bit annoyed. I'm a worrier, remember? But still, they get up, and I think they try to placate me by looking around the house. They go check all the rooms, including the basement, while I'm both scared and exasperated. They are sleepily roaming about into dark rooms unarmed, when God knows who has probably made it inside already. Well, they didn't find anything. They just verbally patted me on the head and said goodnight. Needless to say, I felt foolish. That is, until the next morning. I don't know what prompted my parents to call the police, but sure enough, two officers showed up and asked me how I knew someone was out there. I start answering. Well, the cat was meowing a lot on that windowsill, and that's when my voice kind of just trailed off, waiting for the reaction that I usually get, which I got. The cop smirks. A cat, huh? Okay, bruh, get on with it. He goes on to say that someone cut the cable wires on the side of the house, that either the someone or some ones thought they were disarming some alarm, or maybe they saw me sitting and watching TV and wanted to mess with me. And the side door? The muddy ground around the side of the house gave us the ability to see fresh tracks leading right up to it. The door itself didn't look like it had been messed with, but I know what I heard, whatever that was. I knew it, I said to my parents. The triumphant feeling was short-lived, though, when I start to maul what I was so sure about had been true. True, I knew that someone was outside of our house in the dead of night the night before. True, I knew that our cable line was purposefully cut. What I didn't know, and still don't know to this day, is why these things were done. If I close my eyes, I can still feel that cold gust of wind sweep over me from that night. Did they make it in the house? What scared them off? What was the plan? All I know for sure is that when I visit my parents, who still live in that same house now, I check that side door every night. I also pay special attention to any strange cues that I pick up from the pets in that house. You know, just to be cautious.
So this is something that I don't normally share, as it still makes my skin crawl to this day. But here goes. My mom used to be a nanny for a very wealthy family back when I was a kid. The parents of the kids preferred that my mom watch the children at their home, and compromised in allowing her to bring me with her to work, since she had no one to take care of me at home. During the years, my mom acquainted herself with their housekeeper, but always kept a distance because the lady seemed a little bit off. But my mom is so damn nice that she gives everyone a chance. Well, as the years go by, this housekeeper lady begins to tell my mom that I was such a beautiful young girl and so smart, etc. Blah, blah, blah. She then begins to mention her son more frequently, in which case my mom would change the subject because she had an idea where this conversation was going. But this woman was relentless. This lady would always say how her son loved to write and to draw and how handsome he was, but she wouldn't share much more than that. And to be frank, we really couldn't care less. Mind you, I was only about 13 at this time. My mom asked her bluntly one day, after becoming uncomfortable with the constant flaunting of her son, why do you keep mentioning your son around my daughter? Are you trying to set them up or something? Because she's too young for any relationship, if that's the case. Housekeeper lady instantly became defensive and said something along the lines that she had the right to talk about her son whenever she wanted to, and she was allowed to talk about his amazing talents, which I guess was true. My mom and I tried to move on from the subject and thought that maybe we were overreacting so we tried to not let it bother us again. Fast forward a few months, and it would be hard for anyone to make the case that we were the ones overreacting. I remember that it was a weekend, maybe around 8 or 9 p.m., and I remember being at my dad's house because I spent weekends with him and my half-siblings. My mom calls my dad crying and terrified, and she tells him to make sure that I don't leave his sight and ask for him to be on high alert. She said she called the cops because a man came knocking on the door, asking for me. She said this man looked no younger than 30 years old. My mother expressed how angry she was at first thought, thinking that I'd been talking to this man behind her back. So she asked, who are you? His response, oh, my name is Mark. In fact, I think you may work with my mom. Your daughter and I have been talking she happened to give my mom her number so that we could text, and we're supposed to be catching a movie and dinner tonight. In case you didn't catch that, he admitted that he was the housekeeper lady's son. My mom immediately knew that he was lying and began shouting for him to leave. She knew very well that I'd never spoken to this man in my entire life, let alone agree to go out with him. He continued to hound my mom and became irate, insisting that we had planned a date for that night. Luckily, my older brothers were visiting with my mom and called the cops before confronting this man, which almost led to a physical altercation. But the guy fled to his car the moment he saw my brother stand up and go to meet him. Of course, he left the scene before the cops got there. And coincidentally, that housekeeper lady never showed her face at my mom's job again either. The only explanation we have as to how he could have found my mom's home is that his mom followed her after work or something of that nature, as my mom never shared that kind of information with anyone. 
While my family's involvement with this story ends here, this whole series continues down a horrific path. Fast forward a little more than a year from the night that that man showed up on my mom's porch. I get home from school one afternoon to find my mother in tears, absolutely shaken in our living room. I have no clue what's going on, so I ask her if she's all right. Through tears and fevered breaths, I'm finally able to make out what she's trying to tell me. She was reading the paper shortly before I got home when she read an article about a 37-year-old man who had been sentenced to 28 years in prison after being caught in the act of assaulting an 11-year-old girl from our community. While that story would be enough to shake anyone, it was the photo of the perpetrator that sent my mom spinning. Although it was in black and white, my mom easily made out that it was that guy that knocked on her door about 12 months previous. This guy had a particularly ugly record and was clearly on the hunt for someone young and vulnerable, and it seems as if his evil mother enabled his behavior. Although my mom did report the creep's mom to the cops the night that her son came looking for me, we have no idea whatever came of that lady. I just wish that guy would have been caught before ever being allowed to lay hands on a poor innocent girl. And I can't help but think that he would have most likely done that to me, had the circumstances allowed. 